0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Beauty Talk. I'm your host, Janice Tanel, for today, Sunday, July 15th. We are happy that you are tuned in um, with us tonight. If you guys have a comment or a question, please give us a call at 914-803-4399. Again, that number is 914-803-4399. For those of you who are already on the uh, phone line, if you have a comment or a question, just please press the option to speak with the host, and we'll make sure we get your question or comment on the air. Uh, for those who are listening um, via internet, if you have a comment or a question, you can tweet us. Uh, we are at beauty underscore talk. You can send us an email. We are beautygirlsmedia at gmail.com. Um, or, or you could also leave a comment or question on our Facebook page. And that is beauty uh, talk online. And I'm going to turn it over to Denise. And welcome to the Beauty News. I just wanted to say thank you to um, our listeners from last week. Of course, we had um, listeners from here in the US, we had listeners from Australia, uh, the Bahamas, the Czech Republic, the United Kingdom. And the list goes on, but we just wanted to uh, point out a few. So thank you to our listeners from around the world. We definitely appreciate your support, and we definitely appreciate you uh, tuning into the show. And uh, the Powder Group continues their artistry series on July 23rd with uh, Victoria Bowers. Um, You can find Victoria at her website, b i k t o r i j a dot com. She will be presenting a seminar on Monday, July 23rd from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. And if you're going to participate in the full-day workshop, it's from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And it's located at the Makeup Forever Studios in New York City at 8 East 12th Street, uh, New York, New York. And for more information on that um, artistry event, you can visit the Powder Group's website at thepowdergroup.com forward slash events forward slash artistry series. And for those of you who are IMAX fans and um, you want a little bit of info on the upcoming IMAX, it's September 22nd through the 23rd in Toronto um, at the Metro Toronto Convention Center, um, the South Building, Exhibit Hall E in Toronto. Ontario, again, sa- Saturday, September 22nd, Sunday, September 20th. There's no uh, pro only event uh, for that particular um, IMAX. The show, of course, is produced by Makeup Artist Magazine and it's sponsored by Krylin, uh Makeup Forever. Um, the Battle of the Brushes uh, cat- um, competition is sponsored by Royal and Langnickel uh, Professional Brushes. Uh, The character competition, um, the prosthetics, is provided by Rubberware. And the character competition uh, contributing product sponsor is Mel Products. So for more information on IMATS Toronto and more information on the competitions and how to participate, you can go to imats.net. That's I-M-A-T-S dot net forward slash
0: 2018
1: hyphen Toronto or just imats.net. And uh, for some of the other IMAs coming up for the remainder of the year besides Toronto, again, which is September 22nd and 23rd, Vancouver's coming up October 20th through the 21st, and then ending up the year will be Atlanta, November 16th through 18th, that's the week before um, thanks, the Thanksgiving holiday here in the U.S. So again, Atlanta will be the last show, November 16th through the 18th, and that is uh, a brand new show. So if you're in the Atlanta, Georgia area or the um, southeast of the U.S., then please, if you're interested in IMATS and, you know, you've never been able to go because it's been so far away, like in New York or L.A. and you couldn't really afford to go, Atlanta may be um, an affordable trip for you and it may be kind of pretty close if you're in the Carolinas or in Florida and surrounding states of Georgia. So that's all I have for tonight. All right, and I just want to add to that um, for everyone to save the date, and I'm still talking about IMATS, save the date for IMATS Los Angeles. It will be January 11th through the 13th of 2019. Again, that's IMATS LA, January 11th through the 13th of 2019, and tickets are actually on sale right now. So you can go to IMAX.net for for more information about that. Then also save the date for London May 17th through the 19th, 2019. So they're they're rocking and rolling already for next year. Again, IMAX, yeah, LA, I meant January to. 11th through the 13th, and then London May 17th through 19th. Yeah, I meant to mention that. Uh, actually, I was sitting here right here on my news and forgot to mention it. Um, Imax LA. Yes, tickets are on sale now for IMATS LA. And I know it seems early, but it's not really early because these shows sell out um, pretty quickly. So get your tickets now, especially if you are a pro card holder. Um, There's no real reason to wait because, you know, depending on your pro card, you may get into the show for free. So get your tickets now, reserve them now and get it out of the way, whether you plan to go or not just go ahead if you get free tickets go ahead and get them now. And um and then you're safe. You you already have them. But yes, I'm at LA is January 11th through 13th. So get prepared All for right.
0: that.
1: Well, we will be right back with our special
0: guest right after this. Beauty Talk Radio, hosted by your favorite twin celebrity makeup artist, Janice and Denise Tunnell, is celebrating 10 years, and we simply want to say thank you to all of our guests, our sponsors, and supporters who have taken the journey with us. Because of your support, we've been able to bring you conversations, beauty, and skincare tips from the industry's finest, and so many more. Sam Fine, Australian makeup artist Ray Morris. James Vincent, V. Neal, Nigeria's own Lola Maja, Kevin James Bennett, Rocky Cosetti, Marietta Carter Narcisse, Tim Bucharan, Mickey Taylor, formerly of Essence Magazine, AJ Crimson, Michael DeVellis, Suzanne Patterson, Larry Sims, Denisa Myricks, Melissa Street, Michael Key of Makeup Artist Magazine, Camille Friend-Rochard, Naja Riquette, Bernadette Thompson, and so many more. We're celebrating 10 years, and we're so excited about what's to come for Beauty Talk Radio. Millions listen live and via iTunes downloads from around the world. So we have to say thank you to our listeners in the U.S. of course, the U.K., Australia, Ghana, Russia, South Africa, Uganda, brazil south korea ireland canada sweden the bahamas and so many other parts of the world are you following us on social media we're on instagram at beauty underscore talk underscore media we're also on twitter at beauty underscore talk and we can't forget about facebook beauty talk online we're celebrating 10 years we're excited about where we're going and we know you are too All right, and we are back.
1: Denise, I believe you had something you wanted to add before we Yeah, so just uh, very quickly, I mentioned uh the Audistry series with um the Powder Group, and I forgot to mention um I, did, I mentioned about a, a seminar from uh I think 10 to 1, and then a workshop from uh, a full day workshop from 10 to 6. Um, the rates for um, that workshop, if you are a uh, Powder Group Pro member, um, you can register for $90, and that's for the seminar only. If you're a non-member, you can register for that seminar for $120. Again, that's seminar only, and that requires a deposit of $100. Um, but if you are taking the full-day workshop, if you are a Powder Group Pro member, um, that event total is 320 $320. And then for um for non members for that full day workshop, it's four hundred twenty dollars. So I just wanted to uh put that out there. And if you have questions you can contact Kelly at the Powder Group. She's Kelly at thepowdergroup.com. All right. Sounds good. Well our special guest tonight is NYC based hairstylist, author, and educator, Monet Everett. Um, over the past 16 years, Monet has been styling hair of various textures on sets, New York Fashion Week, editorials, and for some of Hollywood's leading ladies. She joins us tonight to discuss diversity in hairstyling, um, the Monet Life Academy, um, her new book, Stunning Braids, and so much more. Welcome to the show, Monet.
2: Thank you, ladies, so much for having me. I appreciate it. I, I can't believe I made it up to join such an incredible list of other guests that you've had on your show.
1: Oh yes, the next time we do or we do an ad like that, your name will be on it for sure. And so thank you again <laughs> for joining it? us. <laughs> um, I was before we start. I just have to say this again. Um, I was, you know, before the show started, I was talking to you and I was telling you. Um, well, I'm not sure if I mentioned it or not, but did I tell you that I, I really love your website and that you do very beautiful work?
2: You did not, but thank you so much.
1: I appreciate okay. that. <laughs> I meant to say that. <laughs> I meant to say that when we were talking before the show, but yeah, you do very beautiful work. And I want to get a, a little bit into that um, tonight. But first, can you just share with us what inspired you to become a hairstylist?
2: Absolutely. I was always super opinionated and people would say, if you can't do better, you shouldn't have an opinion. And I was like, you know what? I think I can do better. So
0: (laughs) I uh, decided
2: that I would just do hair while I was in college because I didn't want to be the broke college student. And uh, even after completing (laughs) um, my degree programs, I decided that I really wanted to stay and do hair. I learned about this other side of beauty and working on sets and with celebrities and editorials and theater, um, much like what you ladies do. And, you know, that just wasn't taught when I was in cosmetology school. So I had uh, actually gone to school for radio and PR and (laughs) Mm -hmm. very similar to what you ladies are doing as well. So I'd gone to school for that and I realized that my love was in making women feel beautiful because if you make a woman look beautiful, then she feels beautiful.
1: Right. Absolutely. Tell me, tell me a little bit about your experience. Um, you're from New York, correct?
2: Well, it's interesting. So I was born in New York, was here for a few years, raised in the D.C. area, and now I moved back. So it's like I never know how to answer that question.
1: Just say so you're <laughs> from New York.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes,
1: I am a New Yorker.
2: So you ask me a detailed question, and I'm like, uh, I don't know. I don't right.
1: Know. <laughs> Tell me, you know, especially you know, you've spent time in DC, and then, and I'm sure you've traveled other places. But what is it like? Because I know being in New York has to bring um, a special element to what you do. What, what, how has New York influenced your work?
2: Well, New York has. Changed changed my work. Uh, whomever came up with the saying, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere, they absolutely meant it. Uh, I am mm-hmm. super real, and I always tell the truth. New York will knock you on your hind parts and get you all the way together. Whatever was your mm-hmm. A work, you know, in other cities is generally like, you know, C-minus work in New York. Like, it's, it's, like, it's kind of cool. But, you know, when you meet professionals in New York, they do things that your mind hadn't even thought up so your dreams change your aspirations change your heroes change your ability to style and create changes because you know one thing I another thing I learned in New York is maybe we will get to the same style but in other markets maybe it might take two hours to get to that style whereas in New York you have to complete it in 25 minutes so that's its own art form how are you able to create this look in a very brief amount of time
1: Gotcha. So where, what what state were you in when you went to hair school?
2: So I was in Northern Virginia, uh, so Alexandria, Virginia, right outside of D.C., and I went to cosmetology mm-hmm. there, and I had the most wonderful, life-changing cosmetology teacher. I actually ended up going to cosmetology my senior year in high school, and I came back my freshman year in college to complete the program mm-hmm. because most people don't realize that cosmetology is like 30000 a year. So if yes. you're able to go in high school, you better you know take that. And my cosmetology teacher kept saying, "I think this is for you." And I was thinking, like, "Girl, it's not. I think you know other things are for me." But I I really fell in love with it.
1: Mm. Wow. Now, when you when when you first started out, and now it's been at least over 16 years. What are some of the things that you've noticed about the hair industry? been compared to now well
2: social media has changed everything in the world so we did not have Mm -hmm. social media so we couldn't aspire to the same things when I was in cosmetology I did not know about this beauty industry at all the most I could learn from my amazing teacher was how to become a salon manager so Mm -hmm. I go back and I teach about editorial styling and onset styling Um, in terms of the everyday look I would say one thing I learned there was how to be diverse. She really instilled that in me very early. Um, what was the question? What is different about hairstyling? I think.
1: What is about the hair industry in general?
2: The hair industry in general. Uh, there are far more people who are college educated and we're really expanding the beauty industry. I have learned uh, that. Through social media and other things, you can aspire to be in different, be involved in different parts of the hair industry. Like I've even met hair chemists who work for L'Oreal who had their college ecology degree, but decided they wanted to be a scientist because they wanted to create a product that works very well for specific types of hair. So I feel mm-hmm. when I went to school, the focus was more on how do you get into a salon, whereas the focus is now how do you take the beauty industry by storm and leave right.
1: Place. Right. You know, you've worked in several areas, you know, fashion week, editorial, you know, you name it. What do you think makes a great hairstylist in, in your opinion, but also how are each of those genres different as far as hair is concerned?
2: Well, yeah, they they do have differences. And to your earlier question, how has the industry changed? Back in the day when I first started, you would not be an artist that did um, both print and film. And print was divided Mm -hmm. up in actual, like, print editorials, music videos, commercial versus film and theater. There was no overlap. You're so right.
1: You're so right. And
2: now that has definitely changed. And if we can look on screen and see our beloved actors and actresses, I don't know, Angela Bassett just jumped into my head. She's beloved and amazing, but, you know, when she gets a minute, she'll do a TV show. So if she can do it, why can't we? You know, um, another thing that has drastically changed the industry are the um, high-definition cameras. So Mm -hmm. the cameras used to decide the type of work that you did, how heavy your makeup application should be, how stiff the hair should be, and things like that, because a lot of detail was lost. But now everything is in HD. So if you can make them look amazing um, on a movie, you can make them look amazing on an editorial, you can make them look amazing, you know, in a play, at a wedding. It's very similar camera work. Everything is HD or 4K at this point, so you don't have to limit yourself. So now you need to be able to do everything all the time. I have a saying, I am blessed to be able to style any texture of hair that sits in my chair. You're not going to hear me say, because you have this hair, I can't do it, or because it's this type of event or this genre um, of the industry, I won't participate. To me, that's a <laughs> great art.
1: Well, since we're 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 talking about, since you're just talk mentioning that, let's talk about that for a second or two. Because I find that a lot of a lot of hairstylists and I'm kinda of shocked about it, but I find that a lot of hairstylists can't do different textures or are very uncomfortable with different yeah. textures. And and you and you kinda of see it you see it a lot with makeup as well. And I find yeah. that well like even on the makeup side you see um, you see a lot of makeup artists, you see a lot of Caucasian makeup artists who who are very uncomfortable with darker skin tones, but they don't even have the products for darker skin tones in their kit. And so I see that a lot sometimes um, with hairstylists as well, like if I'm, you know, working on a film project or something or a television project. And sometimes, you know, you see artists who work with anybody and everybody and they have everything. But then sometimes you see artists who... They're limited. Their kits are limited. They may have um, products just for, you know, black hair care, Uh but not for anyone else. And so, but why is that? Why would you, why would you limit yourself like that as a hairstylist? Like, where does, where does that, where does that originate? Why, why does that even exist? And I know you may not be able to answer that question, but you may have some insight into that. Oh, I
2: have a lot of answers about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do makeup as well, but I, I really focus on hair. And I just find it more infuriating that people can do hair and makeup and only do a small segment of it and don't even feel the need to do more. That I just feel yeah. like that's upsetting and disrespectful. I feel like our industry has come to a place where you can hire an assistant and have them to do all of that work and then say you did it. And that's yeah. my opinion, that's not okay. And I do work with assistants. I think that your assistants should be able to do what you lead them to do, but not, you shouldn't in turn plagiarize their work as your own. If It's something that you know you would not be able to do at all. That's not an assistant. Mm-hmm. That's the person that did the work. And I've been in that situation. I have been the quote-unquote assistant who did major things that I would love to be able to discuss, but when you assist, you don't take credit for the work. And
1: mm-hmm. so those
2: experiences let me know I was ready to really, you know, be out on my own. To circle to your question of why this happens, I think that our world can be as vast or as limited as we make it. And if we're only around a certain type of people, we feel like the world is that type, and those are the only people that we're practicing on. You know, I have three sisters with three very, very different hair types, very different. So to me, that opened me up to understand again. Black hair is not all the same. Then you know, I went to cosmetology school, and you know, the mannequin's hair more closely mimics Caucasian hair. And my cosmetology teacher said, "You can always learn black hair, but I'm going to put you at a white salon where the focus is hair color, because if you go to your mm-hmm. regular round-the-way salon, that's not the focus. You you will always that's right. pick up, yes, you'll always pick up." Who more closely resembles yourself? But you have to push yourself. Absolutely. So when people don't learn it, my honest um, opinion is they just don't see the value in learning it. In 2018, there's so many different ways you can get out there and learn. You can watch YouTube. Like I have, see videos on YouTube with all different types of hair. There are so many other creators with all of this free education on YouTube. Why not learn it? <laughs>
1: So do we so do we go back to the instructors in the school in the cosmetology programs are are they limited in their teaching or in their thinking on how to encourage students or I mean I'm just trying to figure out like why that isn't pushed more like you know just learning how to do everything if you can
2: Well Part of that is right. Um, there's a lot of things, and I'm trying to decide how real I want to be on this.
1: Um, it you know, just be real. <laughs> be all the way real.
2: <laughs> one, you can't teach what you don't know.
1: Two, right. They and that's can't, why I'm saying are the instructors limited. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: They are limited. Also, um, being very blunt, when you look at the mannequins being used, it is very difficult to mimic um, textured hair. So a lot of times when they do try to mimic it, it's just not the same, it it doesn't really work out the same way. And I would also throw in there sometimes the old saying, those who can't do cheat comes to mind. Mm
1: -hmm. Sometimes,
2: not all the time, you know, different people cheat for different reasons. But I have I have found that, you know, when I work with different cosmetology um, schools especially outside of New York City to your earlier question about the difference in New York mm-hmm. they just don't know they, their mind can't take them there you know but they can teach you what you yeah. know very well and those fundamentals are most important those fundamentals are great because you build on top of it it's up to each individual artist say I need to perfect my craft you can't wait for anyone to give you anything
1: so true So, so Monie, back to my question about what what makes a great hairstylist. After after saying all that, what in your opinion makes a great hairstylist?
2: Your ability to be able to work any head of hair that sits in your chair to make them look and feel amazing. You may not be a thousand percent in every texture, but you need to make her look way better than she did when she got up, and a good time, and make her feel good about herself. You know, sometimes I see hairstylists, when they're not able to create certain styles or do certain textures, they'll make the woman feel bad about the head of hair that she sat down with. Oh, this is too thick. This is too coarse. This is too – no, honey, you just are struggling today. Don't take your insecurities and put it on the client. Clients sit in our chair, whether she's, you know, Aunt May from down the street or an A-list celebrity. They sit in the hair and the makeup chair for, for us to lift them up and make them feel better. You have
1: to. Absolutely. Absolutely. What are some things, is there anything about the hair industry that you would love to change?
2: Absolutely. I would love for African-American hair to not be considered a niche. I would love Mm. for African-American stylists to not be assumed that they can only do African-American hair because I find in my experience. Most of the time, um, minority hairstylists can do just about all hair types,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but we're, we're generally put in the African American corner because the majority can't do our hair type. If you understand what I'm saying.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Understand exactly. <laughs> so I think what I would change.
2: What I would change is to be judged on your talent. Alone, That's something I would love to see happen.
1: And so diversity in hairstyling is very important to you. Tell us why. And I know you've kind of said some of the things now, but what makes it such um, a big thing for you?
2: It's a big deal because it hurts my heart when I'm backstage at runway shows to see how certain people get sent down the runway or see the absolute fear in the eyes of models when they have to uh, be assigned to a hairstylist. You know, it. what we do, everyone takes very, very seriously. So it's important to everyone. They need to look amazing. Every runway show um, can fill situation. It should be a situation where, We make them look amazing. Um, It's not fair to see some artists get further and further ahead when they can never deal with particular types of hair. It's not fair to see a beautiful supermodel or up-and-coming model get passed over for an opportunity because her hair or makeup wasn't done correctly and she's told to bring her own hair or makeup kit.
1: Right. Now, have you heard – the talk and it's not, I don't believe it's happening in, in NYC. It was, um, it was just a big bill and issue in the state of California, but have you heard any talk about the deregulation issue and taking away like licenses in various yes. states? Have you heard yes. this? Okay. W- yes. What does, what would that, what does that mean to you if they took away the license, um, the cosmetology license in your area?
2: That would be wreaking havoc. I, I recently did a Essence Now live show where they were talking about the deregulation of uh, braiders in Tennessee. And I actually now for far more on the side of regulation. Every client has been made to feel beautiful without having to worry about health and sanitation issues. The joke is, oh, you don't want your edges snatched out. That's kind of. The low-level joke of something that can go wrong with someone that's not licensed. But what about severe scalp burns? We've seen artists, um, you know, hair colorists not pay attention and burn someone's scalp off with um, a relaxer or bleach or things like that. Right. A client never have that concern. She should be able to sit in her chair. And I just keep emphasizing. Leave that chair looking better and feeling better. She shouldn't have to watch everything you're mixing up to wonder, or since you're not paying attention, you flicked a little bit of relaxer on her, now she has a chemical burn. These things should not be okay. Mm -hmm. What we do may not be brain surgery, but we don't like having to second guess our doctors, so why would we allow this in our career? Right.
1: So I'm completely for really
2: regulation, and it's, I'm a very liberal person. But a lot mm-hmm. can go wrong in a salon. That's a lot can go
1: wrong.
2: Say, cosmetology is like the mix of chemistry, psychology, and geometry. We don't want that chemistry mm-hmm. going wrong.
1: That's, <laughs> That's right. Right. <laughs> That's right. So true. So true. And it's well, not it's not to say it's not to say that a, that someone who is not licensed may not have the same facts or may not have the same information um as someone who's licensed but but they're definitely not tested on it and well, and I, I, that's why I fit, i'm sorry go ahead
2: I would be surprised to see that let me take it a step further. Most places have, you know, a braiding salon, and I'm just going to put it out there, the African braiding salons. Most of the Mm -hmm. time, there's maybe only one person in there licensed. How many women are running around without edges?
1: Okay. Let's take a step (laughs) further.
2: Nail techs are under the cosmetology license. When you go into a nail tech salon, a lot of times, only one person in there has a license, and everybody else is, quote, unquote, apprenticing. Do you... Think right. about the concerns we had when people started getting um infections in their feet. It's not okay. That's not something we should be concerned with when we go to spend our money as a patron right. I could go on and on <laughs> right oh, yeah
1: I know <laughs> well speaking speaking of braiding salons um Your first book, Stunning Braids, congratulations on your first book. Um, Thank you. Tell us us a little bit about what's the inspiration behind the book, Um, you know, how to sit down and say, okay, I'm going to do a book on braids.
2: Okay, so I was uh, very fortunate. I put up a couple of videos with fashionable braids on. YouTube and the publisher came to me, and I decided to go through with this because most of us grew up getting our hair braided. Like, that is not something that is alien to us. Um, But there's a fine line between when you see braids in the media, like on fashion shows and weddings and um, on movies, what makes those look better. And I kind of liken it to, um, you know, most people cook every single day. But that doesn't make them a chef. Mm -hmm. So I liken, yes, the average person, a lot of people really do know how to braid, but how do they make them fashionable and stylish? And um, my go to word is always aspirational. How do you make other people look at that style and say, wow, I want it like that? So when I wrote the book, I came up with fashionable styles and I shared a lot of the details on how to make it, how to spread the hair, how to make it um, prettier, how to make it fuller how to make it go with different types of looks just to draw more attention to braids are beautiful they should be more accepted in the mainstream and I made sure to use diverse models because really in this day and age everyone is putting braids in their hair you know we get a little um, understandably touchy about changing the names we don't want to colonize anything however braids are very fashionable and should look amazing and they come they can give you so much diversity. I even show in the book how you can use um, braiding as a foundation without making it look like a braid. Some grown women don't want people to know they have braids in their hair. It's, it's just a tool that every stylist should know, and a lot of women like to braid their own hair at home, so giving them that tool.
1: Well, speaking of the tool, you said it's a tool that every stylist should know how to do. There are a lot of stylists out there who don't know how to braid. Yeah, you come you come across that a lot with with a lot of weavers, people yeah. who people who can weave hair but they can't braid it.
2: Yep, I give a hard time to non-diverse stylists. Everybody assumes because I'm a black woman that I could always braid. I am going to share with you. I did not learn how to braid until cosmetology. It I was an, mm. I was a family embarrassment. I was you know 17, 18, learning how to braid and I learned how to braid in cosmetology. I had some of the girls show me, and then I just started inviting people over to my house and braiding their hair for free. It's, braiding is the staple of so many hairstyles. Even when you look on the runways of, uh, you know, Paris and Milan, when you see a lot of texture in the hair, you'd be surprised to know a lot of times that is a braid that is pushed up and pinned over, so you can't even see it's a braid. How do you make hair defy gravity? There needs to be a little more texture and interweaving in there. Braids are just the base of most hairstyles.
1: Mm. Wow. Wow. I, you know, and I think, you know, knowing it, I mean, I don't know how to braid, but I'm not a hairstylist. Um, and I think that, <laughs> But a hairstylist, to me, I just always assumed, you know, that hairstylists knew how to braid until I've come across several who don't. Um, And I just feel like it makes you a more of a well-rounded artist. Um, And looking at your book, just like you said, looking at your book here, um, you have several styles. Different textures of hair, several styles, and just like you said, it you know it for some people it helps to make the hair look fuller for some you can't really even tell that the hair is braided. Um, I wish I knew how to braid so I could try some of these uh, some of these styles, but um I think the book is great um, there's a lot of styles that you get wear to work. there's styles that you could. Um, you know, have on your wedding day. It's a great book. Where can, where can, uh, interested in your book, where can they get your book?
2: Oh, they can pick it up at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, anywhere books are sold, Urban Outfitters, a lot of different places. Yeah, I wanted to make this do-it-yourself book because, well, everyone's all about do-it-yourself right now. They want to be able to create mm-hmm. their own thing. And because I was the young woman that needed that book, it was painful learning how to braid. And I wish I had a book that I could have taken home instead of having to walk up to uh, some of my fellow students and say, hey, I cannot braid. Like, please help. I can't. You yeah. know, it's kind of like learning how to play space. No one wants to show you. They just assume
1: you should already know. And I didn't. Right. <laughs> Well, you know, and it's, it's definitely, it's, it's presented in the format where, you know, you can, I feel like you can learn, um, you know, basically telling you the, the things that you need, uh, you know, the equipment that you need, um, prepping, you know, and then your basic braids and your advanced braids and so on and so forth. So I think it's definitely one of those things that where you could pick up the book and actually learn. Um so but great, so I hope to great
0: resource.
2: Thank you. I hope to see it in some cosmetology schools because I'm sure they have some, you know, young women like me who are like, I don't want to tell anybody. I don't know how to braid.
1: Oh wow, that's a great <laughs> idea, actually. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like I feel, I feel like braiding should be learned at that level. You know, um, you know, there's a lot of people who grow up learning how to braid because they watch somebody else, and that's all fine and grace for those who are in cosmetology school, and you know, I feel like that's something that should be input into the curriculum, and I feel like there should be a license for braiders.
2: I agree. I agree. And I feel it's okay if you don't want to be a full cosmetologist. If you only want to be in a salon, that is, I mean, in a braiding salon, that's wonderful too. But can you sanitize? Mm -hmm. Can you not rip people's hair out? with traction alopecia can you uh be very careful when you dip their hair in boiling hot water and not accidentally burn them all of the all of these are things that i've literally seen happen
1: oh my god mm.
2: just because you didn't know you know if you're coming in and you're working in this salon that your aunt owns and it's your first or second day she said braid that hair okay right <laughs> You know, maybe you don't realize that somebody has really fine hair and you're used to very thick, coarse hair, and you pulling on it when they go to take out the braid, of their hair is coming out with it too. These these are things that you don't know unless you've been around it and studied it and really understand what bad sanitation can do or traction alopecia. I'm, I'm harping on that because, you know, as you ladies know, so many women really suffer with thinning hair, baldness, and their hair literally being ripped out.
1: Okay. Great. Yeah, medication, um, I mean, and just feel like any, like, hairstyling, nails, any, you know, makeup, I just really honestly believe that there should be a license attached. I remember when I went to um, aesthetic school for makeup um, in Baltimore, uh, you know, years ago, there was a license for makeup. I believe Maryland and maybe one, one other state were the only that had a license for makeup at that time. And then uh-huh. maybe a few years after that, they got rid of the license. You know? Yeah. So So um, I just think it's key. And I just think, you know, if you're a hairstylist, a makeup artist, an esthetician, a nail tech, a barber, um, you name it, you should have a license. And yeah, and it's
2: it's something to protect yourself. There are so many things that you don't know and you don't want to find out the hard way after you hurt someone and they in turn hurt you or sue you. You know, I think a lot of things right. happen simply by accident.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um ben, you, you have a video where you're doing, and I'm not sure if it's if it's on your YouTube. I think it is on your YouTube. Where you're doing um, Dominic Fishback? Yes,
2: yes, yes. She's one of my um, newer and more favorite clients right now. We're working together quite a bit. I'm actually doing a press tour with her tomorrow.
1: Please give her a big hug for me. Um, I will. Met her last.
2: I'm sorry, you went out. Say that again.
1: I'm sorry. I said she's. I met her on a movie that I did last September called The Hate You Give.
2: Yes, I'm so excited. I thought I saw that you worked on that.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. I like it's going to be such a good movie. Yeah, it's going be a movie. Love her. I love her. She's so sweet. So big congratulations to her. We said hello. Um, I sure so what is it like working with celebrities? Um, And I know you've worked with celebrities. And and just like you mentioned earlier, all black people don't have the same hair texture. Yeah. And so what is it it like trying to explain that, um, explain that to people? Because I know sometimes people themselves that you may even be working on make the assumption themselves that because they're black, texture are very similar to all black people. How do you, how do you educate people and, and teach them that that's not necessarily true?
2: That's a really good question because I do think education is, like, a really big part of what I do, and I try to fill out the client first because, as you guys know, some clients don't want to hear what you have to say. They just, you know, want you to do the job. But I think because of the person I am, I attract the client who has 572 questions. So I am doing a lot of (laughs) answering of questions and a lot of explanation and a lot of, okay, well, you asked me to go for this look, but I think this look might be better for you for A, B, and C reason. Please let me know your feelings on it. If you like it, we do it. If if you don't like it, we won't do that at all. And I Mm -hmm. find that they like that back and forth and they like to feel collaborative. And I also will walk in generally with um, a booklet of ideas for that particular client, and I'll let them know, hey, I researched you. I went on your YouTube or your Instagram, or I checked out this movie you were in, and it seems to me that you might like these ideas. If you like this idea A, here's a few more. If you like this idea B, here's a few more. If none of those work, it's cool. I got C. What do you think of any Mm -hmm. of this? Did you have something in particular in mind? Because it's a nervous situation for them, too. They're feeling like, you know, they're out here promoting their movie or doing this or doing that, and they really feel every day is life or death, and if they don't look their best, it can really affect their reach. So I want to come in and let them know you are in charge. I work for you. Here are all of my ideas. We can do one or we can do none. Um, I understand that you want your hair like your cousin. Um, I'm not sure if that's going to work, so how about some of these other ideas?
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. Do you work in a salon, or have you ever worked I, in a I mean, I'm, I know when you were starting out in school, but have you, you know, just coming along, have you ever worked in a salon?
2: Oh, yes, girl. Oh, yes. I did a lot of salons. Um, I think I got out of the salon about 10 years ago. So I um, worked as an assistant in the European salon. Literally, that was in the title, European salon. So, you know, they were really happy when I swung the door open. (laughs) Then I went on, (laughs) and I uh, worked as a hairstylist in a very well-known, predominantly black salon, then I went back to a more uh, diverse salon. That was always my thing. And when I, and all of this while, was why, while I was in college. And after I graduated, I ended up working for a chain salon. And I really liked the chain salon because it pushed me in a way I had never been pushed. Like the amount of volume they wanted you to turn out, and they did, they did not acknowledge race. So you had mm-hmm. your time to do your style, Period. Then I became a manager, and I really liked this salon because it offered a lot of education, so that's the main reason I stayed. I became a hair color educator after that, and I don't know, some stuff gets fuzzy. Then I worked for CNN for a while, which was basically the Mm -hmm. same idea, like we're live and they look good or you're fired. So it definitely helped me to really increase my speed, learn how to speak to people in a way where I can get an understanding of what they want and how to make them
1: happy. Right. Right. Talk to us a little bit about the, um, about your academy, the Monet Life Academy.
2: So the Monet Life Academy is something I am so proud of. Uh, as I mentioned, I have my YouTube, but like um, like 160 how-to videos, but I wanted to do something specifically for working artists. A lot of artists ask me, well, how did you get on set and how did you do ad campaigns and work with celebrities? And, I believe that they feel like if you just gave me the opportunity, I could do this. But my experience has been um, a lot of stylists need to learn how to do different textures of hair and create different styles in different ways in a shorter amount of time. So my online academy focused on the only four hair textures that exist, straight hair, wavy hair, curly hair, and coily or natural hair. And I break it down in that way because artists use as an oh, I have wavy hair, I don't know how to do natural curly hair. Or, oh, I have curly hair, I don't know how to do straight hair. And they believe that when they get on set, things will just fall into place. So I'm showing them how to break down these different hair textures, um, how to move one hairstylist to another, how to learn what tools and products to use that you can use on any hair type, any hair texture, any length when to integrate hair extensions. Um, It was my first online university. I may be working on another, but that one I really poured my heart and soul into because I really made sure to answer the questions that I get about how to get on set. It's kind of like, what was that episode of the Cosby show when Theo wanted to learn how to play the drums, but he wanted to be in the Uh marching band before learning Uh how to play a basic beat. So a lot of my (laughs) stylists... friends really think that they can jump from cosmetology school or from a salon right onto the floor, and I'm trying to help fill in those steps. Like, yes, you absolutely can get there, but as you ladies know, Janice and Denise, you know that there are a lot of etiquette, there's a lot of rules, there's a lot of um, just different things that may be thrown at you, and I'm trying to prepare stylists in that way. And, um, you know, I got a pretty good turnout for it, My favorite part of the Monet Life Academy is that after you enter, you're joined into my private Facebook group where I can help to answer your questions and help you continue on from there in a mentorship sort of of way.
1: Very very nice. What kind of feedback have you been getting from it?
2: Oh, they were so happy. A lot of people were saying they couldn't believe how much information I gave. They thought it would be kind of like a short – hey, try this or try that. And I'm like, no, I put up four different videos. They're all over an hour apiece. After you um, subscribe, you can watch them until your heart is content, and you can immediately mm-hmm. go back. So a lot of people were happy because classes are great. They're important. But if you go to a class, especially a look and learn class, and it's only one time, you really run a risk of forgetting a lot of things. So I didn't right. want any of my students to feel that way. I wanted them to know that, the only thing separating us is a cell phone. Hey, you got a question, You hit me up in our Facebook group, and I'll happily answer it. And I've had a, quite a few students say, okay, well, now I am expanding and I'm telling people that, you know, I have natural hair, but I can do straight hair. And then they'll get on set and have questions, and I'm happy to answer it.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. Now, is there anything in your career that you haven't done that you would like to do share? Well,
2: I am so happy that you asked that, and I am going to go out on faith and honestly answer your question for what I would like to do, because you asked. And believe it or not, most people don't ask. (laughs) Um, What I would (laughs) love to do is to be a product brand spokesperson or a tool brand spokesperson. I would love to see... uh, I think we, as black women offer so much to the beauty industry, and I would love to see more of us in that role and Since I only can control me, I would love to be a person in that role.
1: Nice Nice, nice, nice well we 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 want to hear because we, we know what's going to happen you uh, just listening to you talk, I know you um you sound like someone who goes after what they want. Um, and so I know, in a matter of time, you'll be back on the show, and you'll be telling us about this new, <laughs> this new uh, thing that you're doing in your career. That you said, remember when I said on your show that this is what I wanted to do? You'll be back talking about it. I know.
2: From your mouth to God's ears.
1: That's right. <laughs> that is right. <laughs> So what's next for you?
2: I don't know. I'm, I'm working on a few things that you know I'll, I'll slowly roll out over time. Uh, right mm-hmm. now, I've been fortunate enough to do uh, a lot of press days with celebs like Dominique Fishback and uh, Victory, who's newly signed to Rock Nation, the singer Her. They are really Mm blowing up and always have a lot of different things going on. So those are awesome. Uh, Curl Fest is here in New York next week. I'll probably do something with that. I think right now I'm really just enjoying showing the versatility of different hair textures and how I'm able to style all different hair textures. It really makes my heart happy when I, you know, get phone calls and emails saying, oh, we don't have to worry. We know that, you know you can style this type I, of hair. I recently partnered with NaturallyCurly.com, and I'm releasing videos showing behind-the-scenes work of when I get to work with uh curly girl and the different versatility mm-hmm. of that style. It, it seems like versatility is going to be my new theme for the next while, <laughs> versatility. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Talk to us a little bit. We just have a few more minutes left on the show. Talk to us a little bit about your contributions to hypehair.com.
2: Yes, so Hype Hair is a wonderful hair magazine that we all grew up uh, looking mm-hmm. at. You know, it it wasn't a dope hairstyle if it wasn't in hype hair. So right. they sought me out a few years ago saying that they enjoyed the work that I post. And uh, they seem to just really pick up on hairstyles that I do. So many times I'll contribute, either I'll put a video up, or I'll shoot a video directly for them, or I'll do a, a get the look with them. Actually, right before the show, um, Isis Harmon, an editor for Hype Hair, just hit me up and asked me about um, a haircut I provided yesterday for Donlin Gardner and. It, it was wonderful. I was literally laying in bed, happy to have a day off, and Dawn Lynn herself called me and said, I need a lo- new look. So, you know, when they call you, you, you're putting on your shoes. How can I help you? And I got to her, and she decided she needed an entirely new look. So we literally today debuted an entirely new look for Dawn Lynn Gardner. You know her as Charlie from Queen uh, Sugar. Gotcha. So I am excited about that. And High Hightare has just always really paid attention to the things that I post. And they always uh, email me and ask me my opinion on different styles and trends. So I'm really happy to be able to contribute to them. I, I probably contribute to them more than anywhere else, but I also contribute to Beauty Industry Report, which is a trade magazine, um, Yahoo Booty, Yahoo I've done a few other things like Lipstick, 17, Marie Claire, um, and things like that. I really love being able to put my voice out there. I feel like I can speak to both brands and consumers, and I just want to make hairstyling easy for women. You know, just think how good you look when your hair and makeup is done. I, I just want them to feel that good and not ever feel like they can't achieve a style or a look that makes them smile on their own.
1: Nice. Share with us a few tips for um, for, for women coming out, of, for black women coming out of relaxers, going to wearing their natural hair, and then tips for women who wear um, extensions, weaves, and braids all the time, just some tips on how to care for their hair.
2: That's a really good question, how to transition from relaxed to natural. The way I did it, I cut all my hair off, um, and I understand that that is not for everyone, but it is an option. So literally with Dawn Lynn yesterday from having um, too much heat in her hair it was basically a big chop. and a lot of people don't realize that you can go natural and not relax your hair but put so much Heat on it that is damaged, and you have to cut that off as well. Exactly. So uh, you can choose. You can cut all the hair off and just go natural, or you can do protective styles like braids and weaves and things of that nature. Maybe you cut it down and, and let it grow out enough that you feel comfortable with that length of hair. So there are so many different options. I, I always like to say, I am not a natural Nazi. Wear your hair however you'd like it. If you want right. to stop relaxing and wear a wig, girl, get you a fly wig. You know, if, if you want to stop relaxing your hair and do braids, that's fine. The only thing I caution is to make sure that you're showing your scalp a lot of tender loving care. that you're massaging your scalp, you're putting oils on, you're eating well. When you're getting these protective styles, many of which the base is braids, make sure your hair is not being pulled too tight. When your mother told you, oh, it's fine, it's, it's itching, that means your hair is going, mommy was incorrect. None of that is right. <laughs> if, if your hair is being pulled, your hair is being pulled. You're not making that up. And the finer your right. hair, the more likely your hair can literally be ripped out of your head and it does not always grow back. So you don't want to give up relaxers for health or hair health reasons only to damage your hair and scalp, again, with Styles that are supposed to be protective styles. You have to find a stylist who is known for healthy hair, not just plopping the
1: style exactly, in your head. exactly. Now go now. Go back really quickly to the point you're making about oil and the scalp, yes. because yes, you exactly. hear so many so many stylists that say you shouldn't oil your scalp.
2: So let me break that down. I myself have very Fine natural hair. I cannot put mm-hmm. oil on my hair or scalp when I wear it out. My hair is too fine mm-hmm. for that. However, when I'm doing a protective style, like my hair is in a weave mm-hmm. or braids or something, I always mm-hmm. put an oil on my scalp. So what I'm saying I'm yep. going to harp on is an oil, not a grease. So an oil right. is thin and movable. out of that room temperature. It has a petroleum base. When you apply mm-hmm. that to your scalp, it's going to bring dust, mites, and other bacteria to your scalp and cause more problems. So you want to use mm-hmm. a light oil like a coconut oil, a jojoba oil, um, things like that. Nothing heavy like mm-hmm. a castor oil or, a, um, or something along those lines. Keep it mm-hmm. very light. Keep your hair shampooed and clean. So, you're not having a buildup, even with protective scalp. You can still cleanse your scalp. You know, I, I will move that weed to the side and shampoo my scalp in a minute because if your scalp is not clean, it's not going to grow. That's another misconception exactly. that we have. You yes. know, your hair grows better when it's dirty. No, ma'am. No, <laughs> no ma'am. That's incorrect. <laughs>
1: Well, we've definitely heard that. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a big no, ma'am. <laughs>
2: you know, even it's really unfortunate. You know, as you guys know even better in the makeup game, we see a lot of hyperpigmentation or a lot of acne on the outside of our face, and that's from dirty hair sitting on your face.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Why not just avoid it?
1: Why not just avoid Absolutely. it? Absolutely, Monet. Last question, um and we've been you know we've been doing this um, show for ten years, and we uh, have asked this question of all of our guests every show. We want to know from you what is your definition of beauty? That's a
2: wonderful question. My definition. Of beauty is individuality and really owning and understanding what makes you feel good. When you feel good on the inside, you radiate on the
1: outside. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Why don't you share with our audience um, where they can find you online on social media, your website? Um, You did. You already told that your book, Stunning Braids, is sold everywhere where they sell books. Um, So, again, it's called Stunning Braids. Um, Tell everybody how, if they want more information about the Monet Life Academy and how they can find you on social media. Sure.
2: Okay. So if you'd like more information on the Monet Life Academy, simply go to themonelife.com. And Monet is spelled M-O-N-A-E. So that is themonelife.com. And I am everywhere social media people are at Monet Artistry, M O N A E Artistry, A R T I S T R Y. And I'll tell you all the good stuff is on my Instagram, Insta stories, but uh I'm <laughs> everywhere <laughs> social media is um under Monet Artistry.
1: All right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you uh Coming on tonight. Uh, This is a great conversation, and I can promise you we will be calling on you for some of our, um, we like to do panel discussions sometimes and pull in, you know, people to, to sit on our panel. We would love to have you for one of our future panel discussions.
2: Oh, thank you. I would love to. I mean, what more fun could I have, you guys? I've listened to this show for years. It's like a dream come true to be a guest. And I made it to my own show, so you know I'm patting myself on the back. You ladies made
1: time for me, of course. I'll be back <laughs> Nice. Oh wow. Well, we we're so, we're so happy that we could have you on. Really appreciated. Great stuff that you shared tonight. Um, um, and again, I just oh oh, would do you mind? Do you have an email where or or way for people to reach out to you if they have hair questions?
2: The best way to reach me is really going to be through my um, Instagram DM. Okay. And that is at Monet Artistry, M-O-N-A-E Artistry, A-R-T-I-S-T-R-Y. And a lot of the hair questions um, will even be answered if they can subscribe to my YouTube channel. Because, you know, people like to watch it. I'm like, girl, hit subscribe. You know, let me know you're watching. Over (laughs) 100
1: videos. Y'all know how it is. Hit
2: subscribe for me, baby. Hit subscribe. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I do understand what you're saying. <laughs> oh wow. Well <clears throat> thank you again. We really appreciate it. Um and continued success. I hope this, I hope your book does very, very, very well and keep making those videos.
2: I sure will, and I'm gonna tell Miss Fish back who I got to speak with tonight.
1: Yes, please do give her a big hug.
2: Will do, will do. Thank you all, ladies. I'm I'm gonna um hang up. Thank you so much for having me.
0: All
1: right, thank, thank you. you. Have a good night. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. A big thank you again to NYC-based hairstylist, author, and educator Monet Everett. Great information she shared with us tonight. Um, I'm gonna jump over to a quick commercial and then we'll be back for some final words.
0: How would you like to become friends with benefits? I'm sure that got your attention. I'm talking about friendsbeauty.com, now offering a benefits discount program to all of our friends. That's right. Professionals that qualify can save up to 40% and non-professional consumers up to 10% just for setting up a free account online. At Friends Beauty, we offer a huge range of products, including beauty makeup, Special FX and theatrical makeup, skincare, wigs and extensions, styling tools, and more with thousands of brands at the best prices. We've been in business since 1940 and pride ourselves on ensuring our friends have the best shopping experience ever. Sign up for our Friends discount program and shop with us today at friends, that's F-R-E-N-D-S, no I, beauty.com friendsbeauty.com. We also offer studio services for production orders at 818-691-1294. That's 818-691-1294. Join our program and become a friend with benefits today. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in with us
1: tonight. Thank you to those who listen to the show on the playback. Uh, We appreciate um, your continued support. Thank you, To our uh, listeners who are on the line tonight, thank you for your continued support. I see some familiar numbers who tune in every week. Thank you for, t- for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. Um, thank you for um, following us every week. And, Denise, would you quickly tell them how they can follow us on social media as well? I sure will. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. we Beauty Talk Online Radio. On Twitter, we're Beauty Underscore Talks. And on Instagram, we're beauty underscore talk underscore media. And then you can follow Janice and I both on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by our names. That's Janice Tunel, J A N I C E T U N N E L L. And then Denise, that's D E N I S E T U N N E L L. All right, everyone. So thank you again. Um, Have a wonderful, wonderful night, and have a beautiful and blessed week. We will talk to you guys again next Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 2 a.m. if you're up that late GMT. Thank you, guys, and have (laughs) a great night. Good night, everybody. Good night.